Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's the Outside Podcast, and uh, we're all smiles. We're all smiles on this podcast today, because over the weekend, before the weekend even started, uh, the Sixers gave everybody a nice little present, and that is clinching the one seed in the Eastern Conference with a win over the Orlando Magic, which allowed them to sit the rest of the starters for the second game against the Orlando Magic, a game in which, you know, B-Ball Paul had some great minutes, Good seeing him run around. Tyrese Maxey getting an increased run. It's fantastic. One person that was not playing was definitely Matisse Thibel. He is being rested with the rest of the guys, getting ready for whoever they play as the eight seed. Don't know who that is yet. Play out. The play-in game starts this week. But in talking about Matisse Thibel, I got Harrison Grimm on the line today. He penned a column last week that went best of SB Nation. Uh and I have him on the line right now. Harrison, I don't want to toot our own horns here, but this podcast features two writers that were best of SB Nation over the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty cool honor. Um, <laughs> again, not, again, not to toot our own horns, you know. I'm just saying. Yeah, but, but it's really cool, again, that recognition. And, of course, everybody on the site, uh, Liberty Ballers has, has a bunch of talented staff um, and, and writers. So it, it's really cool to uh, be getting that recognition. We're, we're pumping out quality content here, folks. That's what it's all about. Uh, your piece was about Matisse Thibel and how he has a kind of a legendary possibility in terms of defensive metrics and just being a, defensive, a great defensive player in the league. Uh, I cannot disagree with that statement enough so let me just start with this okay so matisse was picked 20th in 2019 right um when you look through 11 to say to 19 of that draft i'm pretty sure there are only three teams that are not kicking themselves uh the hawks took cam reddish at 10 so not really sure yet but uh Miami taking Tyler Hero, that's 13. That was a pretty good pick for the Heat. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker went 17. So, I mean, who, who else is kicking themselves? Like, uh, I, can, I can definitely tell you that uh, the, the Spurs are one of those teams. They took Luka Semantic. Yes, that's um, the one that I was looking at. Because the, the way Matisse plays, like, he's, he should totally be a Spur, right? Oh, oh, yeah. You you can also make the argument that that he would be a perfect fit with with uh, you brought up the Atlanta Hawks. That that's a perfect type of player to put next to Trey Young. Um, he he could realistically fit on nearly any NBA team. 
he's one of those guys where you just kind of plug him in and he does like a specialty thing and he doesn't really rock the boat like he fills a need on on a in a lineup or in a starting five or like off the bench or something yeah 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 he, he fills a niche you know he's I don't think he's ever going to be one of those guys that's like a star two-way player uh, but I think it's very safe to say that he has a role as a really, really good bench player or maybe even a, a quality starter, depending on how his offensive game develops uh, in the seasons to come. A couple of things about Matisse's defense that I've always enjoyed since he's been here. Uh, number one, the activity in the passing lanes, which is definitely evident as far as his steal percentage, which you outlined in your piece. He has a 3.7 steal percentage. How, how, how detrimental is it for other teams to have to like play clean and like make the right passes if Matisse is just lurking around all, all over the place like that? It's absolutely uh, crucial, and and I definitely think that's going to be one of the biggest X factors in the Sixers postseason uh, when you see a lot more slow-down uh, brand of basketball, a lot more half-court offense. You really have to to telegraph and execute these passes, um, not just with Matisse Thibel, but, but the Sixers also have a lot of quality defenders. Ben Simmons, obviously in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation, uh, Tobias Harris can hold his own defensively. We've seen in certain matchups, uh, specifically with Julius Randle. Um, and then you got Joel Embiid behind all of them, who, who can clean up a lot. And that's not even mentioning Danny Green, who's also a quality defender. Um, and Shake Milton, who's, who's definitely taken a big step forward defensively this season. Matisse has 199 total steals in his career in the regular season. And this year he's had he has 105. So what do you kind of contribute, like, the jump? Like, is it just more minutes? Is the defensive uh, assignments and what they're trying to do on that end of the floor, is that different slash better with the bringing in of Dan Burke? Like, what what, what would you attribute that to? In terms of, of, of playing time, uh, Matisse is averaging around the, the same amount, Um in comparison to last season, last season he averaged 19.8 uh, minutes per game. This season he's averaging 20. So it's a it's a very small increase. Um, so what I would really attribute it to is, is I think the Sixers having him uh, are just having him play a, a smarter brand of defensive basketball. Um, he's playing around the same amount. His steals are up. Uh, by 0.2 compared to last season. Right. Uh, his his blocks also took a big jump by 0.4. Um, so he's really just playing a smarter brand of basketball. And, and one of the most impressive aspects, I think, of it, uh, which I do mention in this piece, is his typically when, when you see players try to get their defensive numbers up or their def- defensive metrics up, you'll see him kind of take a down tick somewhere, most notably – uh, with personal fouls and and this season he's actually averaging less personal fouls that's been, so I think that's been huge it it really has so I think more than anything this is just Matisse Thibel uh adjusting uh from college to to the NBA game uh now that he has a year under his belt he knows more about what he can get away with and what he can't get away with last year we saw him get in foul trouble very often and there really hasn't been many instances of that this season. Uh, and one of the best areas that he's really taken a jump with that he simply just didn't have 
last season or, or to the, to the degree of um, just it happening so much uh, is blocked jump shots. He, he's really learned how to just block shots, um, not only, only well, but without fouling, which is a skill that's very, very hard to do. Especially in the league where it is now, where if you're a young guy coming into the league, as a defender, you're kind of at a disadvantage already because the offensive player knows what he's going to try to do. And, like, you have to be really patient with how you defend a certain player. Like, you're not going to guard, you know, James Harden the same way you would guard, you know, like Gordon Hayward or something. Like, each player is different in the moves that they have. And as a youngster, you just don't want to get caught with your hand in the cookie jar or anything when it comes to the personal foul. Yeah, I, I really think you put it perfectly. And last season, Matisse oftentimes gambled a lot. He often did put his hand in the cookie jar too many times where, where somebody would draw a foul on him. And you just really haven't seen that in the, that much this season. We've seen a few gambles where sometimes it, it costs um, the Sixers defense an open shot or even a make. Uh, but it hasn't been happening nearly with as much frequency as we saw last season. Part Another part of his activity in the passing lane goes to a statistic that got really popular, especially with me, during the time of one Lord Robert Covington, uh, and that's the deflections. Matisse is averaging about 3.1 this season, and Simmons has about 3.5. But total... He has 202, and that's tied for third in the NBA with Simmons. Like, that, the length of that duo is absolutely insane. It, it truly is. And uh, we've, we've unfortunately haven't seen too much of, of the Ben and Matisse lineup as much as you would think just looking at, like, these defensive numbers. And unfortunately, that's because of his offensive shortcomings. Right. But if we're talking about strictly defense, we, we've seen a lot of glimpses where you're just kind of in awe. Of, of the defensive capabilities between Matisse, Ben, uh, Joella, and, and Danny Green. Uh, we, we saw the Sixers, uh, I think the best example of, of just the, the defensive capability between Simmons and, and Thibel, um is the Indiana game that they played a few months ago where mm-hmm. Joel was out. I believe they were down like 18 points, and, and they just went into a zone with Ben and Matisse up top, and, and they came back and won. And it and it was truly incredible to see the Pacers just could not score uh, against that duo. They just couldn't solve it in time to, to pull out a victory. To quote the great Mark Zumoff, uh, Thibel and Simmons just helping out to lock all windows and doors on the defensive end. Yes, yes. <laughs> Shout out Mike, Mark Zumoff. Um, Thibel's blocks, and you kind of hinted at this uh, just a few seconds ago. Uh, he's got 71 blocks this year to go along with his 105 steals. That's a pretty impressive feat for a young wing in the league that is so wing and guard heavy. Like somebody that gets, you know, 50 plus steals and I'm sorry, 50 plus blocks and 100 plus steals. The, the list of people that have done that in a single season can't be that long, right? No, it, it definitely isn't. And and when the Sixers first drafted Matisse Thibault, uh, I want to say kinda, Simmons did that in his rookie season, but I can't remember. Oh, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, but but when the six when the Sixers first drafted Matisse Thibault, 
Uh, you know, you kind of assume that they're again like kind of a switchable defender that that can guard a lot of guards, even some some uh, bigger wings, um, capable of playing the passing lanes, getting a lot of steals. Uh, I, I truly didn't, and, and maybe this is just um, my lack of, of film knowledge of watching uh, Matisse at, at Washington, but I really never envisioned him being the shot blocker that he has been this season. You, you, you're right. You simply don't see many players at his size. Uh, Matisse is listed at 6'5", right. averaging over a block a game. Uh, <laughs> it, it's truly impressive, and, and it, it's a testament to just how well uh, these blocks are, are timed, how well they're executed, um, and the defensive discipline of Matisse Thibel. The Sixers truly have an embarrassment of riches as far as, like, guys who can guard wings, which, I mean, I guess is great if you are looking at a team like the Brooklyn Nets, and you're going to need a lot of those pretty decent to all-world wing defenders if you're going to take, take them on for a seven-game series. Yeah, yeah, not even with the Brooklyn Nets, but you just look across the Eastern Conference. You have a lot of wings that are capable of scoring. Uh, Jimmy Butler down in Miami, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, um, all all players that are featured in the Eastern Conference. And we've Drew seen Steibel. Yeah, yeah, Drew Holiday is another one, or, or Chris Middleton too. Um, there's just so many. So, so having all the options they do and all the defensive versatility that they have uh, is really important and crucial to – to their success defensive box plus minus is probably one of my favorite stats i mean as flawed as it may be whatever uh thibel 3.1 last year 4.3 this year and i'm starting to see where you're getting at in terms of all-time legendary defenders because i'm looking at the career leaders for defensive box plus minus and yes i understand I understand this is a very small sample size. Matisse has only been in the league for uh, two seasons. But I just want to point out, the first small forward that appears on the list comes in at 13, and it's Andre Karolenko, who posted 2.3. I have no doubt in my mind that over the course of a career, Thibault can be above, like, two and a half. And then you're getting into, like, center's territory. Because, like, Elijah Wan for his career was 2-4-9. Duncan was 2-3-4. Like, he could be one of the best wing defenders ever in the NBA. It might be hyperbole, but I I certainly believe it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many great players that it's hard to say he'll be the best. But but to say that he's in the conversation to be even with some of those guys, including you listed Hakeem Elijah Wan, obviously, who's – arguably one of the best defensive players of all time. Um, and we're talking about 6'5", Matisse Thibel. 6'5"? It's, it, it's crazy to really think about. And, yes, you're right. The, the, the sample size of it all is small. It's only two seasons in the NBA. But the fact that that he's being mentioned with all these greats um, and also David Robinson or Bobby Jones are, are, another, pe- are, are another players that – that he's in the uh, conversation with with block percentage and steal percentage, which I also mentioned in my piece. You know, you're you're listing all of these crates, um, and, and typically with defensive players, uh, there's an adjustment period, right? Uh, where where they adjust to the NBA offense and, and rules, and it's a lot different than like Euro League or college. Uh, and Matisse Thibel 
hasn't really had that period. You can you can say his first season was was kind of that just because his defensive numbers have been on the rise in comparison. But he, he's just come in, and it's so rare and, and special to see someone making the defensive impact that he has in, in year two, where he'll probably, let's face it, I, I think he has a real case to be on an all-defensive NBA team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This stat is why I feel like Matisse is going to be closing out a lot of playoff games. Like he's going to be in a crunch time five lineup against whoever it may be. And I like George Hill, but when I see this stat um, on jump shots, this is percentage sports. He allows 0.834 points per possession and opposing players shoot 38.2% from the field. That's in the 92nd percentile. And I, I think having that for the last five minutes of any game, I think that's more in I think that's more important than maybe having George Hill, who yes, is more of an offensive threat with a little bit of defense, but I, I just feel like Thibel in a crunch time series against Brooklyn or Milwaukee or whoever, I think that's just gonna be more important. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it will be interesting to see what Doc Rivers does because, uh, as you said, George Hill is obviously a much more capable offensive player. He's an above-average shooter. He can obviously dribble and play make a little bit. Uh, but Matisse Seibel is definitely the, the better defensive player. So so how Doc Rivers chooses to balance that uh, will really be interesting to see. And, and I think that that stat that you just pointed out is really – uh, even more impressive than you're making it out to be when you take into consideration the the guys that Matisse Thibel are guarding on a nightly basis. He's not he's not just guarding anyone. He's guarding the best player on the floor when Ben Simmons is off the floor. Right. Uh, we like like the most recent example where he had a lot of success for the majority of the game uh, was Devin Booker, who is who is obviously a very gifted uh, and talented offensive player. So so the fact that opponents are, are shooting that low bef- uh, below the 40% mark while being guarded by Matisse Thibel is really, really impressive, uh, taking into consideration all the defensive matchups. Yeah, not not 38.2% from three, from the field, okay? The entirety of the basketball court. The only thing that gives me a little bit worry, and you can comment on this as well, um, his, his ISO He's only very good, according to Synergy Sports. He allows about 7.79, one points per possession, and uh, 39% of ISO matchups with Thibel result in a score. So almost half the time in an ISO situation, the offensive player scores on him. Is that more because he's more of a, like, free safety defender versus, like, a lockdown on-ball guy? Like, what – what do you think the uh, difference is there? Uh, you know, when you talk to defenders, a, a lot of people don't take into consideration that there's a lot of uh, 
defenders out there that that are very different from each other. And, you know, I'm not just talking about position by position, uh, but you got guys that that are capable of, you know, kind of playing a more one on one game and getting a stop. And then you got guys that are that are more capable of playing the passing lanes, kind of like a good team defender. Uh, an example of, of of an off-ball good team defender would be Robert Covington, who a yeah. lot of Sixer fans are familiar with. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is also another great example of that. Um, and then if you look at Ben Simmons, he, he's definitely more of a, a one-on-one, uh, get-a-stop kind of defensive player. Um, now, where Matisse fits into all of that is, is I think he's much more similar to Robert Covington, who he gets compared to a lot. Um, and Giannis onto the Kumpo, where he's not a guy that's going to match up one on one and get a stop. Um, he, he's capable just kind of freelancing the offense, running the floor, playing the passing lanes, or recovering to get a block off of a jump shot. Um, and that's just who Matisse Thibel is. Uh, fortunately, the Sixers right now have Ben Simmons, who is more of that one on one on ball guy, gets you a stop. Um, but, but I definitely feel like Matisse is much more of an off ball defender free roam defender kind of player. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because, you know, Simmons is guarding his guy one-on-one and, you know, Simmons guy panics and he throws an awkward pass and Matisse is there with his, with his wingspan and they just get the steal that way. So it's, it's a good kind of one, two punch. Like they play off of each other defensively very well. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. It's, it's definitely not a bad thing. It's, it's just a different type of uh, play style defensively uh, that, that a lot of people really don't recognize. And, and like what you said, um, it's really beneficial for the Sixers that, that they have two of those guys where one is more of an on-ball defender and the other is more of an off-ball defender because they work really well together and can kind of make up for, for um, the, the, I wouldn't say shortcomings, but uh, they can just kind of polish off where, where the other one lacks a little bit because both are, are terrific defenders. All right, last point, and it's kind of a two-part question. Well, three-part, I guess. Ben Simmons, Defensive Player of the Year, yes or no? Am, am I answering it for myself, or am I answering for how I think it's going to pan out? And honestly, let's just, let's just go with your honest opinion. Honestly, I, I don't think he gets it this year because of, of two reasons. One, you, you can pull up Rudy Gobert's advanced defensive metrics and he is having a really great season in that regard and he does anchor a utah jazz team that's first in the west which you know that that's really impressive yeah Uh, but but looking inwards just like on the sixers uh as i said before ben simmons is more of a one-on-one on on ball defender he'll he'll get you a stop and unfortunately a lot of times those types of guys don't get honored uh, with, with a defensive player of the year award, just because they lack a lot of those advanced defensive metrics. Ben Simmons is, is much more of a, of an eye test kind of defensive player, uh, which isn't a bad thing. Like I said, he, he's truly a gifted defender. Just um, different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, you can just go down the history of, of the defensive player of the year award. And there's really not many uh, perimeter defenders that get it. it. It's kind of an oddity. Uh, which I do think goes against Ben Simmons, unfortunately. Okay. Ben Simmons, first team, all defensive NBA, yes or no? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think you can book him for all defensive first team because I, I think he'll be a top three finalist for defensive player of the year. And if he's in that conversation, he's got to be honored on the first team. 
And last question of this triad, and here's the final point, we're circling it all the way back. Is Matisse Thibel one of the 10 best defenders in the NBA? Will Matisse Thibel make an all-NBA defensive team? <laughs> I absolutely believe uh, that Matisse Thibel should win uh, an all-defensive team. I, I think you can probably pencil him in on the second team. I think a lot of uh, the, the national media and the people that are voting for the awards are really starting to notice how special he is defensively. And I definitely think um, he's worthy of, of being on that. Now, now saying is he a top 10 defender in the NBA right now, all around, all positions included? It's tough to say just because, unfortunately, he, he doesn't play the amount of minutes that a lot of other – like you compare him to Mikhail Bridges or Robert Covington. Those guys That's are playing, playing around 30 minutes a game. Matisse plays around 20. Um, now, you know, I, I, would, I would have to think about it, but my initial answer would be no. But that being said, I think he's right on, on the outside of that discussion. Uh, I definitely think he's up there for, for being one of those – uh, best defensive players in the league. And, and the great news is he has plenty of time to polish off his offensive game, which will earn him more minutes. And then we can really see how great uh, Matisse is on, on a much larger sample size. Harrison Grimm, best of SB Nation last week, along with yours truly. Uh, more quality content coming from the both of us. Uh, Harrison, you got anything coming up uh, this week or in the coming weeks? Because, you know, it is playoff time. It is, yeah. I'm, I'm actually working on a piece right now uh, discussing just, just how crucial uh, Seth Curry and Danny Green have been to the Sixers and their success. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I'm very excited to put that one out. We also have a uh, roundtable coming up. I believe that's either uh, at the time of this recording. It'll be today. It should go up today as in like Tuesday, uh, either that or Wednesday. I'm definitely on that. LibertyBowlers.com's own Harrison Grimm, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, people can find me at Harrison underscore Grimm with two M's. You can also find all my writing content on Liberty Ballers. Harrison Grimm, always a pleasure having you on. I'll talk to you soon. Go Sixers. We got that one seed. The bag has been secured. Uh, I the only the only team that I worry about as the eight seed is I don't know maybe Washington I guess because they're kind of hot. But all the other teams, I'm pretty, like, whatever about. I, I can tell you something. I'm not sure if you've seen it. I can tell you something to ease your nerves real quick if you'd like about that. Sure. <laughs> so so Bradley Beal, uh, he had a, a media session earlier today at, at the time in which we're recording. Um, and, and he said his hamstring is not 100%, and he's going to be playing through basically an injury, uh, which – could be a factor if the Sixers or anyone matches up against them. Uh, so the, the Russell Westbrook show, awesome. Because you know what? Russell going ham is kind of what you want if you're playing against Russell Westbrook. Him just going hero ball for 48 minutes and just not sharing. Like that, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, we we saw how successful Russell Westbrook when when he was the guy, um, which was basically first round exit. So right. hopefully that eases your nerves a little bit, <laughs> a little, more than a little bit, quite quite a bit, as it were. But uh, Harrison, I appreciate you uh, calming my nerves on the Wizards and uh, more fire content. Can't wait to read it.
Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. All righty. Thank you.